Mm. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I started off faking it. Now it's real. <laughs> <coughs> That's hey, what you get. I have a cold, everybody. As if you couldn't tell. <sighs> and I'm back. Hey, yeah. Mo's back, so we can actually have a proper show. Yay. Uh, Good morning. So, yeah. I mean, we ha- you had two weeks off. I had two weeks off. We had... Uh, guest hosts lined up for both those two weeks. Oh, don't throw people under the bus. <laughs> and I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, n- anything rude. But they both situations fell through. Uh, first week, the person forgot and planned something else and then couldn't get out of it. And then last week, uh, my wife and I were supposed to do it. And we were both sick and we had two sick kids and... We were just like, you know what? It's not worth it to try and figure out how to get this done. So uh, we didn't do it. It's totally worth it. It, <laughs> it just would have been a really big been. headache. Yeah. yeah, it might have been worth it in the end, but all the way up to the end, we wouldn't have thought it was worth it. <laughs> right, right. Matt's not saying that the radio show's not worth it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> just the effort. Just just the headache that would have been caused on top of being sick. I mean, we all know what it's like to be sick. Mm-hmm. The but last when thing everybody's you want. sick. Yeah. That's worse. Yeah. And you have a headache, so. And it wouldn't have been a great show. No. With two sick people. Just True. See, I'm counting on you to carry most of this week's show because you're healthy. Gosh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> healthy but exhausted. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, remembering the kindness ninja, stress-free gift giving, and we announce our Christmas giveaway winner. Whoop, whoop. Excited That's about that. exciting. Uh, but first, it is December 10th. Ooh, December 10th. That is the day that my wife and I started dating. Aww. In the year 2000. Okay, so I have a question. In the year 2001. Okay, so you guys started dating December 10th. Mm-hmm. Two weeks and a day before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Did you guys buy each other Christmas presents that first year? That's like really awkward. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I don't think we did. Or if we did, it was something very small. Very cheesy. And I mean, we were in... Like a gag gift We or were something. in 8th and ninth grade. It's not like we had a bankroll to buy. Uh, no, gifts. you don't got a bankroll. But <laughs> let me tell you, I just bought my oldest son's friend, just a friend, a birthday gift last night. Because he has a party to go to for her birthday. Just a friend. $25 on just a friend. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, goodness. Huh. Wow. That means Adrian and I have been together for 18 years. You guys For could... an adult. <laughs> for, yeah, for, for the time whole... span of someone to be born and become an adult. You could be having a child graduate high school this year. If. Yes. <laughs> Listen. We wouldn't. We hadn't even graduated high school. Obviously, but listen, I'm just saying. There's a whole show on MTV about it. <laughs> you could have been those people. Oh goodness. Anyway, December 10th. That means we have some Hol- holidays. <coughs> oh, man, holidays to celebrate. I need a cough drop. We'll take a cough drop. All right. So today Whew. is Human Rights Day. If you are 
Walking upright on two legs, you have rights. Know them. Kangaroos. Celebrate them. They don't walk upright. They don't walk upright? Yeah, I guess they hunch over a little, don't they? Yeah. Uh, Gorillas. They don't walk upright. They can. They want. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a gorilla stroll by, head held high. (laughs) With their arms just... I guess, anyway. are they called arms? Anyway. All right. Today's yeah, awesome. arms. <laughs> are they arms? I mean, they're, not they're legs. appendages. <laughs> they're, not, they're not legs. <laughs> they're phalanges. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing super funny about human rights. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where to go from there. So. You have them, know them. The holidays today just aren't really. Represent them well. They're not very funny to begin with. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, keep going. Sorry, it's also Nobel Prize Day. I haven't had any respect for the Nobel Prize, at least not the Nobel Peace Prize, since they just gave it to Obama for things he was going to do. But never did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But just the fact that it was a, uh, we're sure you're going to be a great man who exemplifies peace in this world, so just go ahead and have it now. Yeah. That was, yeah. I think it was then that I really began to realize that, like, and it's something that you've always known, duh. But I began to realize that men, <coughs> human, not just men, but, you know, man in general, are in control of these kind of things. You know mm. what I mean? Like, it's not as if this is a title coming from God himself and therefore it is justified and deserving but no this comes from somebody who sits behind a desk and is like hmm i think this person would be a good candidate yeah while other people are sitting back going uh no not so much that was when i realized that almost everything is influenced by politics oh in america which i had this whole pie in the sky notion of america that there were some things that were above politics nope and I had Nobel Prizes in there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Nothing. Not even. <clears throat> All right. And lastly, it's Dewey Decimal System Day. <laughs> Such boring holiday. Hey, uh, so it's because we're like <clears throat> two weeks out from the ultimate holiday. And sure. so Let's get like all the everything ones else <laughs> is just going to be kind of measly in comparison. <laughs> I mean, I guess we don't want to say that about Human Rights Day. That's an important thing. But Nobel (laughs) Prize and Dewey Decimal System Day. I mean, come on. Step up your game. December 10th. Sure. I would like to know the history behind Human Rights Day. I'm sure there's a long end. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, why today? (laughs) Why December 10th? Was there, is there a significance behind it? Matt's going to look it up for us. Human Rights Day. December 10th. Why? Why is? Why December 10th? Okay, so this comes from the United Nations. So it's not a America designated <laughs> holiday. Uh, it's observed every year. Oh, it's... Well, no. It was... The day was adopted by the UN General Assembly... In 1948, as Universal Declaration of Human Rights. 
Oh, no, okay, no, that's the day, sorry, that is the day that the UN General Assembly adopted the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, uh, which, you know, was, you know, what they decide everybody in the world is entitled to. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's the day that it happened, and so that's why this is Human Rights Day. So that's kind of, that's, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Because on that day, 60 years ago, 1948? 70. 70 years 70 ago. years ago, yeah. Um, wow. <coughs> it's not even that old when you can, like, when you think about it. Right, way. no, yeah, absolutely. So it's a milestone document to proclaim the inalienable, inalienable rights which everyone is inherently entitled to as a human being, regardless of race, color, religion, sex, language, political uh, affiliation, or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth, or other status. It is the most translated document in the world, available in more than 500 languages. Jesus. 500 language. 500 language. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. See, thank okay. you. Okay. That made it a little more... A little bit more. A little relatable. bit more interesting. Yep. And that it's the 70th anniversary. I didn't know that either. Yeah. That's cool. That's pretty cool. All right. All right, all right, all right. Celebrate your human rights. Dewey Decimal Day. <laughs> no, celebrate your human rights. Human, they like human took, rights. They took <laughs> <laughs> human rights language. Five hundred language. Day. Human rights day. Okay. So they took a library and they're like, "How can we make this library even more boring?" Oh my goodness! <laughs> I got it. A Dewey Decimal System. Have you ever? Do you remember? Before that was like computerized when you had to go pull out the, the card catalog. Super, yeah, mm-hmm. super long drawers full of tiny little But see, index here's cards. the thing. I actually enjoyed that. I don't really? know what it was about it, but it made me feel smart. When I would go to the card catalog <laughs> and I'd flip through the little cards and I'd find my exactly what book I needed on the topic and I'd find the Dewey Decimal that I needed to go look for it and then I'd go over to the fiction or non-fiction side and find the book using the Dewey Decimal System, voila, I felt like I had done something important before I even started reading the book or working on that research paper. Well, that's because it takes so long to find something when you're flipping through the cards. It feels like a prize once you finally find it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it is here. I was giving up hope. We should go back to using the Dewey Decimal System a little more so that people look at books as prizes. Oh, they still do. It's just well, all computerized now. My kids have no idea what a card <coughs> catalog is. I'm like, don't you guys use the little cards in the, in the book or in the box? And they're like, Are you 50? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling really old when my kids are like, Hey, Mom, when you were a kid in your day, listen. That was only like 20 when, years ago, okay? When, when everything in the world was black and white. Yes! Oh, poor Mila. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, not that old. Today's show is brought to you by Please Don't Side Hug Me. Speaking of books, uh, the best of Back Row Baptist. We took every tweet, joke, one-liner, and blog from Back Row Baptist, picked roughly 3,000 of the best ones, and compiled them into one amazing and hilarious volume of jokes about church life and Christian culture. And it's still marked down for the holidays at just ten ninety nine on Amazon. If you are one of those weirdos who likes electronic books, you can buy that too for a few bucks cheaper. But for all you normal folks, the book is the way to go. Order today and you can get it before Christmas. 
The book is always the way to go. <laughs> so, Mo. Matt. It's been several weeks now uh, since just we two. last that's heard. That's a couple. Well, it's been three weeks since we heard. Okay, so that's a few. A recap here. A couple is two, a few is three, and then anything beyond three is several. So it hasn't quite been a month. It's just been a few weeks. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving and this past week and all that? Uh, it was good. So we went home to Tennessee for Thanksgiving. Um, we were able to surprise most of Chris's side of the family. Yeah. Uh, his brother and... <coughs> My sister-in-law, shout out Nick and April, um, they knew that we were coming in, which was kind of important because they were hosting Thanksgiving at their house. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was their job to buy the turkey and, and mm. have the table setting. And we didn't want to show up as a family of five. <laughs> and Surprise! Right? That would have just been mean. That would have just been bad. <laughs> like something on a day of Thanksgiving and something that we wanted people to be thankful for us being there, that would have just like oh, put great. so much stress <laughs> on my sister-in-law. And we need to find a last minute second turkey. Right? To feed this other family that showed up out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we get there and we get to spend a few days um, with my mom because my family knew that we were coming in. So we got to spend a couple of days with my mom and my family. Got to spend a day with Chris's high school friends who we hadn't seen in forever. And they're all married yeah. and have kids. <laughs> and um, so that was fun. And then Thanksgiving Day, we spend the morning and up until like early afternoon with my mom and my family, which... I'm about to throw my brother under the bus because he does not listen to the show, so it doesn't even matter. But we said Thanksgiving dinner, lunch, was going to be at 2 o'clock, okay? And my brother had just moved back to Tennessee from Georgia. He and his girlfriend, they have um, custody of her younger sister, so they're kind of their own little family of three, but a modern family if you will it's not their child but they're raising her as their child and they're not married but that is a little weird isn't it they're very modern if you will (laughs) um but they just moved back from tennessee from georgia had only been there a couple weeks house is still very much you know getting into the swing of things um and so i text my brother first thing that morning and i'm like listen i'm going to mom's around 10 kind of like a nudge you should get there yeah. shortly after <laughs> you know um 1 30 rolls around and my brother's still not there and so my younger sister who is 18 years younger than me she says meg you should really text tony and see if he's coming and i'm like uh it's 1 30 he better be here in at least 30 minutes no more than that otherwise he's not eating so i text him and i said hey we have to leave right after we eat because we're going to Chris's family's house and we have to surprise them. So at this rate, I'm not going to get to see you except while we eat. And he's like, okay, we'll be there shortly. 2.15 rolls around. (laughs) We were supposed to eat 15 minutes ago. My mom is like the most punctual person on the face of the planet Mm -hmm. and she's fuming (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Food was on the table at two minutes to two. (laughs) Ready to go. Ready to go. And she is like smoke coming out of her ears. 
about to lose it. <laughs> um, and so now I'm texting my brother saying, mom is mad. <laughs> you need to get here now. <laughs> and he, so he shows up, but his girlfriend and her sister aren't there. And so he gets there and he texts his girlfriend. He calls his girlfriend and she's like, they live five minutes down the road. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, yeah, we're 16 miles away. And my brother's like, where did you leave from the house? That's what she says. We left from the house. Uh, then how are you 16 miles away? Because it is literally three miles away. It takes you five minutes to get here. Where did you go? So at this rate, my brother is like, what is going on? You made a wrong turn. Now I'm not only 30 minutes late for dinner. You're going to make us an hour late. Because what's 16 miles away is going to take her 30 minutes to get right. to my mom's house. And uh, okay. How did that so happen? She made a left instead of a right and so then just kept, kept driving. Going. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So all this to say, we ate dinner about 3.15, an hour and 15 minutes late. Um, literally ate, said goodbye. And left. <laughs> Went to Chris's brother's house. We walk in the door. We had just came in behind Chris's sister and her family. And so we walk in. Door is unlocked. Walk around the corner. Chris's brother-in-law, his sister's husband, mm-hmm. is standing in the far corner and sees us. And everyone had the same reaction. It was a moment of, oh, hey. Oh, Hey, because <laughs> it's a moment of, hey, yeah, that's Chris and Megan. Wait a minute. What are Chris and Megan doing here? And that was really cool. Chris's yeah. sister cried and she was, I guess, just overwhelmed with what I think was happiness. Um, <laughs> Not what are they doing here? They're going to ruin the whole holiday. They're ruining everything. I had a plan. <laughs> I didn't have to see them today. Um, And then Chris's dad, he was sitting on the couch. And so Chris turns to the right and looks at him. And Chris's dad just kind of looks up at Chris and they make eye contact. Mm -hmm. And his dad's like, hey, how are you? And Chris is like, I'm good. How are you? And he's like, I'm good. And then Jerry turns back to watching the TV. And that whole moment of it's settled in. It's hitting. That light bulb goes off over his head and he turns to, what are you doing here? (laughs) So, yeah, that was just, that was fun. And then the whole rest of the the evening was, I can't believe you guys are here. I can't believe you did this. Nicole was mad that she was not part of the secret. She wasn't in on it. (laughs) Yeah. She looked at her husband and was like, did you know about this? And John was like, no, I didn't. But she looks at Nick, her brother. Did you know about this? And Nick's like, yeah, I knew. (laughs) Why did you know? And then Chris proceeds to tell her the other people that knew about it, which was one of her best friends, who is our massage therapist. And so she texts her best friend and is like, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you tell me? So That's fantastic. Yeah, we learned that my sister-in-law enjoys surprises, but wants to be the one surprising, not the one surprised. So... That was oh, fun. that's fantastic. Yep. Lots of, we got to stay in a hotel for eight days. Gosh, that's such a long time to be in a hotel with five people, five people. <laughs> and two dogs. And, you know, you just, 
you forget how nice it is to just let your dogs out your back door to go run when you have to wake up every morning and put them on a leash and walk them downstairs and walk or, them to the dog run and watch or, them or let your kids and... just go to their own rooms yeah <laughs> yeah and there was a moment where i had a complete meltdown and i don't remember it wasn't on thanksgiving day but we had somewhere to be every day that we were there you know yeah. we're visiting and catching up with people it had been two years since we had been home and my kids are getting ready there's only one bathroom five of us you know you need at least two bathrooms when you have a man in your house because <laughs> that second bathroom becomes his man cave. Oh, where yeah. He sits for at least 45 minutes to watch every video on YouTube and, and Facebook. Um, but so I'm trying to get ready, trying to do my makeup, trying to get dressed in an appropriate manner to where I'm not naked in front of my preteen <laughs> boys. And everybody keeps pushing me out of the bathroom. Like, everybody else is more important than me getting ready. And I finally just threw my stuff down and said, fine, everybody else takes precedence over mom. Do what you got to do. I won't get ready until you're all done. And that's when Chris just kind of looked at the kids and the kids looked at Chris and they were like, oh, yeah, we've been kind of (laughs) rude. Sorry, go ahead. Use the bathroom. (laughs) It had been an hour of mom, I got to do this. Fine. Come on. Hey, I I need in here. Whatever. Come on. (laughs) And then, of course, those times happen. And what do the dogs need? The dogs need to go outside. So who's the one taking the dogs outside for the 5,000th time? The one who's, quote unquote, not doing anything. (laughs) Just stand around here while you do something. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. See, you made two mistakes that I don't think my family has ever made. And I'm talking about my parents with me growing up, is that we've always had dogs, but we've always either put them in a kennel or had someone watch them uh-huh. when we went on trips. And number two, even when it was just me with them, if we were going to be staying for longer than a night in a hotel, we were staying at like a place with a suite with a door yeah. or at least, you know, two connecting rooms or whatever. And I would be somewhere else. Yeah. They don't do adjoining <laughs> rooms anymore. Every hotel that... Yeah, most don't. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So, and that was a reality that I think we had like four years ago when I called and I'm like, do you by chance... The boys at that point were kind of old enough to where we felt comfortable. Okay, yeah, they can be in their own room. Yeah. But let's have an adjoining room. Called every hotel. Do you have adjoining rooms? No, we don't do that anymore. No, that's not... What? Why do people not do this? Yeah, it's largely not a thing anymore. Why is this no longer a thing? Yeah, I don't know. And then it's hard to find a hotel that has an indoor pool with that's dog friendly, you know, because after traveling for 19 hours, I wanted my kids to be able to have the option to swim. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In the indoor pool. You know, the best parts about hotel living. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so it was just Mila ended up throwing the ball, trying to play fetch with the dog and. (laughs) <laughs> threw the ball it hit the wall ricocheted smacked her right back in the face oh it was so good it was so good <laughs> it was like one of those <clears throat> i wish i had been recording it for america's funniest videos <laughs> it was just so good oh <laughs> well we had thanksgiving at our house for the first time what how did that go i uh, did know that it went really well um yeah? you know we didn't have 
we didn't have too many people to feed. We had um, my nephew and his his uh, wife and son, and his son is is uh, a little younger than Eli. I think he's three or about to turn three, but he's the most picky child I've ever seen in my life. Really? Like he literally will eat three things, and one of them is ramen noodles. And we weren't prepared for this. No one told us, hey, have this backup plan if my kid doesn't want to eat all this stuff. And so he just didn't eat. He just played the whole time. Hey, um, do they listen to the show? Huh? Do they listen to the show? Uh, maybe. I'm not bad mouthing them. They know. No, I know. I was just going to say, like, for anybody listening, it's not the host's job to have a backup plan for your picky kid. If your kid's picky and you go to someone's house, it's your job to have a backup plan for your picky kid. Well, they were just hoping. They were hoping he would find something there that he liked. Um, I didn't want to throw him under the bus. I mean, sure. I actually like your nephew. He's right. He's got a cool name. So. <laughs> uh, his name is Chris, for those who don't know. Um, anyway, uh, they came and they were great. And uh, my mom and dad were supposed to be there. My dad wasn't able to make it. He was sick. Uh, which is kind of a bummer because that was the whole reason we were doing it because my family doesn't really do Thanksgiving. Right. Um, like my side of the family, I mean. So, uh, but but the Vassars weren't here. My wife's family weren't here. They usually go all out, but they went to Idaho this year. So this was the only Thanksgiving so uh, that we were going to have. So Deidre just knocked it out the park. She made a turkey. She made a ham. She made 8,000 sides mostly by herself um um she did listen to our chris's wife came and and my mom came in the last couple hours and helped finish up some of the Mm. the sides or whatever but it it was amazing the only thing that nobody thought about until it was time was carving the turkey which i've never done danger's never done nobody there had ever done so i'm sitting there with a knife going well no, this top part here is the the white meat. So I'm just gonna hack into this. If you want dark meat, you're gonna have to dig around yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we eventually got there. But no, it was really it was really good. Um, everything was spot on. Nothing went wrong, which is kind of, uh, I mean, not to throw my own wife under the bus, but even just making a normal dinner for us four. Usually one thing goes wrong at least, but nothing went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she did amazing. Good for her. Uh, That's what it takes. It takes cooking all day long. <laughs> it did, yeah. It really <laughs> for did. For nothing to go wrong. Uh, so it was great. Uh, me and uh, Eli watched the parade that morning while she started cooking, and it was just a good it was Did a you good have day. Christmas crunch or no? No. You, oh, oh. I was so mad. I I already given up. I figured, you know, it's been two years now that they haven't gotten Christmas Crunch out in time for my used-to-be tradition since I was a kid of eating a bowl of Christmas Crunch while watching the parade. And it showed up in Walmart the day after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I was so mad. Yeah. We so actually, mad. We were walking through Walmart on Black Friday. <sighs> mm-hmm. And Chris is like, hey, it's Christmas Crunch. Should we get mad a box? And I looked at him and I said... No, he needed it yesterday. Yeah, it would have been a it would have been a slap in the face. Yeah, <laughs> at that point. and he just kind of looks at me, and so I had to explain the whole. He only eats it on Thanksgiving morning. Right. I don't even finish the box myself well, the rest so then of the week. Chris had this brilliant idea, and he's like, "Well, cereal will stay good as long as it's not open. Why doesn't he just buy the box this year for next year?" 
Uh, and I was like, not a, oh. Not a terrible idea. <laughs> but I don't know if I don't know if it would survive. I'm pretty sure within a year's time You would eat something it? no, something oh. would happen where uh, the kids would be driving me or my wife insane, and the only thing that would calm them down would be a snack of Christmas crunch. Yeah, that's true. Sugar, something, and it would have to remain unopened for right. a year in order for it to stay. I would have, until... I would have to lock it somewhere. Just put it up with your bootio <laughs> boxes that you have. Like that's real cereal, is it not? True, in those yeah. boxes, See? pretty much. It's not a terrible idea. I have time. Maybe I'll do that. Go get a box and just save it for next year. Put it in that cabinet above the refrigerator. Right. That nobody, nobody ever goes, ever goes in. in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've hidden Oreos up there before. Yeah. That's like the <laughs> ultimate hiding place. Yeah, that's good. The only nobody, thing is... Nobody else in my house can reach it. Well, I have to stand on a chair to reach ours. But I keep all of our like scentsy, you know, the wax things, mm-hmm. the smelly stuff in there. And I stuck a box of cookies up there one time and... They weren't, they weren't yummy cookies when I brought them down. <laughs> they smelled like that box of scented wax. Yeah, that sounds disgusting. Yeah, it was not good. All right, our uh, story time has gone on long, so let's well, quickly do. Well, it's been do... three. It's weeks. been a while. We've had a lot to cr- cram in. <laughs> I didn't even get to everything I wanted to say. We'll have to just have a, yeah. like a recap every day this week. <laughs> so let's do onion or not onion okay. before we close out the hour. Fine. I got two headlines. One of them's real. One of them's an onion headline. You tell me which one's real. Got it. Play along at home. All right. Let's go. Which one's real? Okay. Zoologists discover new fastest land and land animal after pumping white-tailed deer full of steroids. Or PETA says phrases like bring home the bacon are basically racism. You know, I got to go with PETA. They don't <laughs> surprise me anymore with anything that they say. You are right. Yeah. Meat-based idioms like flogging a dead horse or taking the bull by the horns can be compared with homophobic and racist language, according to animal rights organization PETA. I lied. (laughs) Everything that they say really surprises me now. (laughs) Just as it became unacceptable to use racist, homophobic, or uh, ableist language, phrases like Phrases that trivialize cruelty to animals will vanish as more people begin to appreciate animals for who they are and start bringing home the bagels instead of the bacon. Oh my Peter gosh. said on Twitter. The group took to Twitter Tuesday offering a graphic showing some possible alternatives to some meat-related expressions. So let's go through these real quick. Can we not? Instead of <laughs> killing two birds with one stone, how about you feed two birds with one scone? Instead of... Being the guinea pig, be the test tube. Instead of beating a dead horse, how about you feed a fed horse? Bring home the bacon, bring home the bagels. I already said that one. And instead of taking the bull by the horns, take the flower by the thorns. Those are there. <laughs> These are like, I speechless. The best reaction I saw to this on Twitter. Uh, and I don't even have the name of who posted it. I apologize. But they retweeted that picture with all the different phrase op- options and said, Do you ever wonder if PETA is a false flag set up by Big Meat to make everyone hate vegans? <laughs> <laughs> like, PETA is just a whole 
fake organization made to make you hate people like I that. I think that's exactly what they are. Because <laughs> so, keep, no, so you will buy meat out of spite right? for these people. <laughs> there is no true person on the planet. And not... in in. And like even a group of people, it's not even just one person, but it's a, a group, oh, man. a whole bunch of people that are just dumb. I, uh, I am itching. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> oh, man. It's Manic Monday. We are going to be playing a little bit more of the harder rock this morning for you to get you going this Monday. Uh, when we come back, giving gifts, not getting stressed. Stick around. Welcome back. Welcome back. Glad that you're still with us here on this glorious Monday. Today's show is sponsored by Please Don't Side Hug Me, the best of Back Row Baptist. Over 3,000 hilarious jokes, tweets, and one-liners, all in one perfectly sized book and includes sections like these. First World Psalms, Biblical Answering Machines, Christian Movies in Reverse, Christianese translations and dozens more. Pick it up on Amazon for ten ninety nine by this week, and it'll still make it in time for Christmas. <sighs> I need some. I need some facts in my life. I'm enough. Enough opinion, Mo. Enough opinion. I need facts. Because <laughs> Pete is nothing but opinionated. <laughs> they have no facts. I'm not trying to feed a fed horse here, but <laughs> that Peta organization. Uh, okay, number one, 34% of high school history teachers in the U.S. have neither majored nor been certified in the subject. I completely buy that because I feel like that's the throwaway position that they make coaches do to justify them being educational profession- professionals. It, yeah. Like every history teacher I remember from junior high and high school was also a coach of something. So... <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That is the coach's... Default position. Default position. <laughs> However, and I I can see that they did not major in a history of some sort. Yeah. But they have to be certified within the subject before Christmas break. That is at least the law in the state of New Mexico. Really? If they do not have a... New Mexico State license, a New Mexico State teaching license for history with the endorsement of history, then they can't teach that subject. Hmm. Now, here's the caveat. We can fire them, hire them as a substitute, and they can become a long-term sub in that position until they get licensed. Goodness gracious. And you actually make more money doing it that way, just saying, so... I kind of know what I'm talking about. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Side note, I just learned that there are inspirational phrases on the wrappers of Hall's cough drops. Hey, that's so that as you feel like you're dying from your, yeah. your cough, you feel a little inspired. I was opening it up and it said, turn can do into can did. 
Here we go. Bonus fact for you right there. <laughs> All right. Number two, using your non-dominant hand for mundane tasks, such as eating cereal, opening doors, things like that, for two weeks can improve your self-control. I eat, like utensil-wise, with my left hand. Really? Because my wife is left-handed and I'm so used to having uh, to accommodate her. Because you're codependent? <laughs> well, no, because I usually sit on the end. <laughs> And she usually sits next no, to me. That was just very like, I'm so used to accommodating her. <laughs> I, I can't even eat with my right hand. because. But now, no, so I, and I didn't even notice it until we were eating with my parents once. And my mom just keeps staring at me through the entire meals I'm eating. And I'm like, what? Is, why are you? Why she are goes, you, are you left? Are you left-handed? Have you been left-handed this whole time? I know. <laughs> And then I realized I was eating, I had my fork in my left hand. And so I tried switching to the right hand and I was not as good. And so I don't know how long I had been doing it at that point. Years, it must have been. Um, but yeah. See, so it started out as a codependent thing. Yeah, probably. It started out as, you know what? I really kind of <laughs> like this girl. So I'm going to make her feel as comfortable. I, as will, a- I will sacrifice my hand dominance <laughs> for her. Okay, but I so I'm curious. I read this and wonder if it's improving my self control of my non dominant hand. Because no, duh, I, I think it's supposed to be your it. overall self control, which um, because you go yeah. to a restaurant and you're using your non dominant hand, you can't throw a fit in the middle of a restaurant because your hand's just not wanting to work. And when someone says, "What's wrong? Can I help you?" I'm using my non dominant hand. <laughs> Shaking food going all over the place. <laughs> So, yeah, I can see where it would improve both your non-dominant <laughs> hand control and your self-control. Right, because it would, yeah, I yeah. get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, in India, owls are associated with ill-gained wealth and foolishness instead of wisdom. That is weird. Because you do think of owl and you think, you know, a wise owl. But when <laughs> I think of owls, I think of Winnie the Pooh. Is there an owl in Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, right? yeah. And he was wise. Yeah. He, he was like... He was the old wise guy mm-hmm. in Winnie the Pooh. When I think wise of owls, guy. wise guy. When I think of owls, I think of Megan Kelly, because they're like her thing. Owls are Megan Kelly's thing. You didn't know that. Mm mm. Mm mm. How would I know that? Because like, she has owls everywhere. There's no owls in the office. There is. Where? I'll have to show you There's before an owl we leave. The There's an There's owl a, because I bought her that owl pink that's penguin. down there. Okay, there used to be an owl. Maybe it's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> but there was an owl down there. And so that's, and we have a few Indian <coughs> people who attend church here. And mm-hmm. one who is on staff, yeah? Is he on staff? Is that considered He's, staff? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well... Anyway, so my original thought was, I wonder what he thinks when he comes into Megan's office and sees her owls there. Like, to us, we're like, oh, the wise owl. But Solomon walks in and he's like, "Uh, how foolish. (laughs) 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 What a dork. Doesn't know that this owl means she's dumb. (laughs) Oh, okay. Side note. We saw Solomon the other night. And he walks up to Chris and says, and remember, he is from India, walks up to Chris and says, hey, friend, you've put on some weight, I see. And Chris is like, 
Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for noticing. I appreciate it. We get in the car and Chris is like, why does everyone feel the need to tell me that I've gotten fat this year? <laughs> Wasn't going to say anything, but there was one picture that y'all took where <laughs> his chin has got a little yes, uh, he extra. Knows. He knows. Now, I say that as a man with like three chins that he covers with a beard. But to be fair, Chris has a double chin. <laughs> That's true. Just, he just has one. Yeah. Even when he was skinny, he had yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I don't even see it. Like, when we take a picture together and he sees, like, his protruding double chin, I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't even notice. It just... That... Speaking of Solomon, I do have a bit of a funny thing. Uh, so he's a, he's, a, he's a pastor. He's from India. He does a lot of missionary work in India. And he actually went with one of our uh, church members, who he's a preacher as well. Uh, but they both went and they did this big thing in India which they got a bunch of pictures and videos is really cool. But where Solomon was basically the translator for uh, Farrell mm-hmm. and uh, had this big thing. Well, they came back and they did a joint message on a Sunday. Uh, our pastor let them have the, the sermon time. And so they both got up and gave like a 15 minute thing. And Solomon went first. And Solomon, you know, he speaks okay English. You have but to there, really be listening to. But yeah, but and but there are some phrases and whatnot that he uses the wrong version, I guess. Because there are similar phrases in America that some are absolutely fine, but if you say it a different way, it sounds terrible. Okay. And so here's the example. He was talking about you know how Jesus was you know it was the whole communion thing. Jesus was saying you know take. Take this uh, bread and it's my body, you know, eat it and remember me and and uh, stuff like that. But instead of saying that, he said, Jesus was saying, eat me, eat me, eat me. <laughs> and he just kept saying it. He said that like four times and everybody in the church is just getting more and more uncomfortable every time he says <laughs> it. And like, Jesus did not say, eat me. <laughs> oh, it Solomon. <laughs> But yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. We knew what he was saying. And so, I mean, no one was offended or anything. It was just so awkward sounding the way he was putting it. So, and he spoke, (laughs) I guess maybe a year ago, maybe. And some of the things that he said then, too. Like, I have this, I get it. I understand it. And his wife is a teacher. She works with the district. Mm -hmm. And so I had had, you know, conversations with them and we have actually a large population of Indian teachers in our school district. Yeah. So my understanding of their language and kind of being able to follow them was a little more advanced than, say, my husband, who was sitting next to me, <laughs> lost in total translation. <laughs> but I'm sitting there that Sunday thinking, oh, dear Lord, I'm looking around. Do we have any visitors? Who is here for the first time listening to our guest speaker? Not knowing that he's the guest speaker. (laughs) Right. That is always like my biggest fear. When someone comes up to the pulpit and starts to speak. Do they do this every week? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, Matt, we really went off on a tangent. Um, (laughs) Anyway, we we love Solomon. This isn't any weird thing. No. He's just, he's he's a cool dude. It's just a little bit funny with the it's coming to America difference. situation, yeah. Yeah, it's the cultural <laughs> difference. And like I tried to explain to Chris when he was, why does everybody feel the need to tell me I've gotten fat this year? <laughs> In other countries, 
being heavy is a sign of wealth. Right. It's not a... It's not as much of a negative as we make it here yeah. in America. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris is like, oh, okay. I'm going to take it as that then. <laughs> <laughs> then you're looking rich, my friend. Right? <laughs> but see, so Solomon says that and I tell him he's going to lose it soon. Right, babe? You're going to lose it soon, right? And I'm trying to make Chris feel better. But then we get in the car and I explain the whole like, well, maybe it's a sign of wealth or blah, blah, blah. And then I'm thinking, well, Solomon's like, dang, they got rich and they're going to lose it soon. Like, how foolish are you guys? (laughs) We're like those owls. Okay. Slowly blowing air over the pad of your thumb can slow down your heartbeat in times of stress or anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. Just put it, yeah, right there. It's really just making you focus. The thumb itself doesn't have anything to do with calming it down, but it's you focusing on such a small task that is important with. Uh, and I well, think it's, it's breathing, breathing in and out. Yeah, yeah, breathing in and out is what I'm meaning. Um, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Makes sense. And lastly, blowing out the candles, <coughs> blowing out the candles yeah. on a birthday cake results in nearly three thousand bacteria capable of forming colonies on the cake before it's eaten. So, <laughs> this is why I always get my children their own cupcake to put candles on. And that's what they blow. Out. And that's what they blow out that's instead smart. of. Putting the entire cake that we are going to cut and pass out to everyone in front of them. I mean, not only that, but kids, when they blow out candles, they spit. Yeah. And that, like, I've just seen one too many kids spit all over a cake and then have to to turn down that slice and be like, no, that's okay. I don't want any. Thanks. Can I just have the underside of the cake? Right. (laughs) Just going to scrape all the icing off. Yep. Yep. All right. Those are my facts, Matt. Yeah. (coughs) And a whole lot of jibber jabber. (laughs) Jibber jabber. (laughs) I got some artist updates. Riley Clemens is looking forward to some time off. She posted, if you need me, I'll be in a onesie watching the Hallmark Channel for the rest of the year. One thing that Deidre and I have learned, uh, we recently got an Amazon Fire Stick. And uh, if you don't know, over Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend or whatever, Hulu was offering their basic service, which is normally seven ninety nine a month uh-huh. for ninety nine cents a month for a year. Yeah. So Jesse Smith posted that I think on Facebook. Uh-huh. And I leapt on that. So we got the fire stick and we have Hulu. And so we're looking at Hulu and Hulu was advertising a Christmas movie um from I think it was ABC Family, but I thought it was Hallmark because it had oh, I don't remember what her name was. Is it, Melissa, is it Melissa Joan Hart uh-huh. that was Sabrina? Yeah, Melissa yeah. Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart and uh, A.C. Slater from Saved, Saved by, by the, the Bell, Bell. Yeah. which were both Mario in a Lopez. Hallmark movie. Yeah, Mario Lopez. They were both in a Hallmark movie called uh, Toy Store or something or other. Okay. Some And it was a cute little movie. It was great. Uh, so we saw that. And it's handcuffed for the holidays or something like that. Something where, this, where she goes kind of nuts after her life is spiraling out of control and she needs to be bringing a boyfriend to christmas mm-hmm. uh and I've so she one, yeah, yeah so she uh basically kidnaps a dude um and it looked funny and we're like yeah, a cool hallmark movie Deidre and i will watch that and we've been watching the hallmark movies with the kids in the room yeah we didn't this time uh because it was late at night but we're thinking 
you know, this is going to be a nice, clean comedy. Realized, no. Movies made for ABC Family were right on the edge. Which is not technically ABC Family anymore. Right, it's Freeform. It's Freeform. Yeah. And so now they can give a little more, they have a little more leniency in what they show. Sure. Because they're not, they don't have family in the uh-huh. title. Exactly. But even then, that I mean, even the opening titles for that movie, that was ABC was Family. It, really? it even okay. says it on there. I'm like, wow, they just, they really didn't care about that family moniker for very long. Nope. Because uh, ABC Family originally started as a more family-friendly version of the ABC Network. Right. It was supposed to be kids can watch this and they won't hear any of the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And nope. <laughs> this this movie was not a Hallmark movie at all. Yeah, they we played it after really nine. quickly. Yeah, <laughs> so I we were surprised. So just don't don't fall into that. It looks like the the picture for the movie looks like a Hallmark movie. It is not. You um have ruined Hallmark movies for me. Oh yeah. Like I've been watching them. Mm-hmm. You know, while kids are at school and I'm doing things around the house, I put the Hallmark channel on and just. And I cannot watch it without being like, oh, that's, there's the, the story plot. The oh. oh, they said the title of the movie. Yep. Oh, they're both under the mistletoe. Oh, oh. there's a big storm coming. They can't leave the house. <laughs> oh, there's the misunderstanding where the the man gets uh, offended. and Like, I can't to... even watch them and enjoy them anymore. I watch them and I'm like, oh, I see what you did. Oh. Uh, it was the weird, I don't even remember the name of the one that I watched yesterday, but she got in a car accident, her her car got stuck in the snow, she had just stopped, like she was a runner, she mm-hmm. had just finished her run, So she and it's the middle of winter, so she's in running clothes, not warm clothes, she tries to walk to the nearest house to get help, ends up passing out in the snow, gets rescued by a dude. Dude brings her back to the house. She somehow put on her sister's wedding gown in the process. He, The guy picks her up, finds her stranded, almost dead, in the snow, in a wedding gown. Oh, there's a big snowstorm. They can't leave. They're both stranded inside this house. And then somehow, because remember, I'm not really watching the whole thing. I'm doing other things. But then somehow, eventually, they get to the point to where they're tickling each other on the couch. And they've just met. And I'm like, this doesn't even make any sense. Who sits with a stranger on the couch and starts tickling each other? Hallmark, get it together. It's not even followable at this moment anymore. (laughs) I can't get there. Oh, you ruined it for me. Meanwhile, they they do not have been watching several and enjoying them. (laughs) Watched that Candace Cameron Bure one where she was trying to get home to meet her fiance's parents for the first time and plan their wedding, and she had the vision board or whatever. And and uh, I haven't seen dude. any CCB ones this year, yeah. none. And I think that's why I'm like keeping it on so that I can see her. <laughs> she's just not showing and up. And she's just she's the best one. The ones with her in them, I can follow them. Yeah, Anybody they're usually, else, they're, they're garbage. Ones. <laughs> Did you hear that she got into a bad accident, though? No. Like yeah. a car accident or what? Um, a go-karting accident. So I'll go-karting. keep it brief. Because, hey, it's an artist update. I mean, she's not an artist, but whatever. <coughs> um, she, Thanksgiving, her and her siblings were racing go-karts. Really? We know who her older brother is, Kirk Cameron. Apparently, 
He's the oldest. She's the baby. How did I not know that? Shut up. You really didn't know that? I really know didn't that? know that. I've never made that connection. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> I really have <laughs> So there's four of them. Kirk is the oldest. Candace is the youngest. And there's two sisters in between. Okay. And are the two sisters not famous? Uh, no. They've done things, but no, they're not okay. famous. I mean, at least as famous as Candace Cameron Bray and Kirk Cameron are anyway. Yeah. So it's Melissa and then Bridget. Wow. How did I never know that? I'm not certain. That's crazy. I'm, I'm really not sure. Okay, I kind of feel like I've failed you as a friend almost <laughs> for not making sure you knew that. Um, wow. Okay, so they were at their family home and they were racing go-karts like siblings do, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Kirk and Candace apparently are very competitive with each other. And they were racing. He went to cut her off in the go-kart so that he could get in front of her. She flipped out of the go-kart and... He ran over her hand. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So the picture of her hand, she's on Instagram. I follow her on Instagram, and she's, like, videoing herself. And her one sister, Melissa, and Kirk are in the emergency room with her. And she shows Oh, I thought you meant and- during the thing when she flips. Oh, no. Video- no. I'm like, well, that's why she got in an accident. No. She wasn't paying in attention. The, in the emergency room. And she's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm in a lot of pain, but clearly I'm okay because I'm videoing myself <laughs> in the emergency room. But anyway, her hand, they had to cut off the ring. No, they didn't cut them off. Um, but it shows the rings just like mangled yeah. her because it was on her left hand. So her wedding rings are yeah. like busted and mangled. And then her fingers, her hand was swollen twice the size of what it was supposed to be. And her fingers are like bent and mashed and it just looks so bad. She didn't break anything. She didn't fracture anything. But the look of it, you would have thought for sure. Golly. Her hand is never going to be the same. Ugh. Yep. So anyway, that was my artist update for you. Again, not really an artist, but whatever. <laughs> well, now my last artist update's not going to be as exciting. Uh, holiday advice from Audio Adrenaline frontman Adam Agee. Uh, you can't wear a red shirt and shop at Target. Well, duh. Everybody used, knows that. <laughs> you used to not be able to wear a blue shirt to Walmart either. Right. But now I feel like nobody bothers asking for help at Walmart anymore because Walmart employees don't know anything. Exactly. <laughs> so it's become less of a problem. Exactly. <laughs> like you go to Target, most Targets anyway, you ask a red shirt, no matter where you are in the building, where can I find this? They know. They will walk you there. Yeah. And then give you advice on which version is the best one to buy or whatever. Yeah. Walmart. Hey, do you guys sell this very basic thing that obviously you should sell? Yeah. I have no idea, dude. Yeah. Do you know who I could talk to? Nope. Nope. Sorry. Check over an aisle eight. And then you get to aisle eight and realize. uh, (laughs) This is flour. This is flour and sugar. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I was asking for that. I needed a mop head. Exactly. Yep. I am like, I try not to go to Walmart this time of the year, but we live in a tiny town and Walmart is our only like big store option. And so it's inevitable. Yep. But I think it sets my tone for the whole rest of the upcoming year where I just hate Walmart. Mm-hmm. I In the last week, I've had so many issues with Walmart. I'm just done. 
I'm done. <laughs> we go in and I hear an employee tell his manager, if you don't get someone down here right now so that they can ring this person up, I'm walking out. And I looked at Chris and Chris looked at me and I was like, I wish I could have said that to my boss. Like, <laughs> if you don't do this for me, I'm leaving. See, uh, I've actually had a better experience with Walmart this month than I do normally. What? Because I go to the store every Monday night to shop for the week. And so I'm usually there late. And so by the time I'm done, it's usually around 830. And by then, most cashiers are closed. They usually have the one... Uh, the one little cigarette one oh, yeah. open. And then they usually open the conveyor belt right across from it. So you're sharing the same row, trying to cram everybody into one row. Yeah. But uh, I was there this past Monday and there was a lot of people lined up and they actually opened up like three registers. Huh. I've never seen them open up another register, at least not in a couple years. How do you know? And they opened it up and I got, instead of waiting in line, like 15th in line, they're like, hey, we'll help you over here. And I got to be first in line at an open register. And they even had someone bring me over there. It's like Like, your Christmas gift from Walmart. First in line. See, now the other people who we are shopping with, they are always in a better mood this time of year. I mean, it's just inevitable. Everybody's in a better mood during Christmas. You feel a little more generous, feel a little more kind. (coughs) But the people who are working, nope. Nope. I had a lady look at me like I was stealing something (laughs) because I had prepaid for my Christmas cards, which there's a whole thing about those things that we can maybe talk about another time. But... I had prepaid for my Christmas cards online and I was picking them up, but she forgot to print the sticker that said paid on it. And so she's yelling at me, no, you didn't pay. It doesn't show online that you paid. And I'm pulling up in my email where I paid. It would have showed me that you paid. And so finally, another guy, this guy is actually nice, but he had helped me the day before with my issue with my Christmas cards. He says, hold on, let me look just to make sure. Oh, here's the sticker that you didn't print. And you're giving me the evil eye as if I am trying to steal $30 worth of Christmas cards. Still, when he printed the sticker that says paid on it and shows the account and shows my name, she still looked at me like I was doing something wrong. See, here's again. The opposite for me has happened. (laughs) I have found a dude who happens to be the guy that checks me out almost every week now this last month who's the nicest guy. He's he's very genuine. He's not overbearing in his, you know, smiling and, you know, just being obnoxious. He's just gentle, calm dude. Really makes you feel like, hey, this is a good ending to this trip. A nice encounter with this gentleman. <laughs> he remembers me every week. So, hey, you're that guy. I'm like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, you're that guy. <laughs> like, it was just, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying Walmart right now, guys. Good. I'm glad. The only that thing I don't like is walking. It. Walking so dang far. Every time. See, it's always for like one dumb thing, too. Like, everything I need is in that grocery side. Except, except toothpaste. Except toothpaste is exactly uh-huh. what I was going to say. Like, yep. Dang it. Yeah. And Walmart used to. I don't know if you remember this, but our Walmart used to have one tiny section in one of the grocery aisles that had just a few basics like that in it. Yeah. In case you didn't need to go all the way over to the other side for several things. 
No, but they do that so that. So you will, yeah. I'm sure that's exactly why you they buy got more rid of it. stuff as you walk past. You go, oh yeah, <coughs> that looks nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, always. And I'm sure that was like a corporate thing. Yeah. I'm sure it was like th- that manager was like, hey, this would be helpful for them. Let's put this here. Mm-hmm. And corporate came in like, are you stupid? The half of our money is made by people walking by crap they didn't think they needed. Yep. And then they're buying it. And then they're buying it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Every time. I got to tell you, though, Matt, that day that we, and I'm going to be quick, that day that um, we had the guy yelling about how if they don't get help down there, he was going to walk out. Mm. It was over in the self-help checkout. Or, <laughs> yeah, the self-checkout line. And um, it was an alcohol purchase. Okay. Delicious. And so obnoxious to begin with okay (laughs) hold on so this dear older lady um not old by any means but older lady was trying to check out her her bud light Mm -hmm. and the guy was not old enough to approve that you know so he had to get someone who was old enough to approve it if you don't get someone down here i'm walking out so we hear this as we're walking up on the self checkout line and as we're walking up i'm like dang he he must have it really good here if he can tell his manager that he's gonna walk out if they don't do this for him and i turn the corner and i see dear old lady from here at highland baptist just standing there waiting to be helped to get her bud light checked out (laughs) and i was like oh Okay, but she's like standing so that she's talking to us saying, you know, hey, how have you been? How's it going? And she's standing to where she's not like, (laughs) don't look in my cart. (laughs) Don't look. And then the guy keeps saying over and over, I need somebody to help me with this lady and her alcohol sales. And I kind of keep looking over my shoulder as if like, because we are the most non-judgmental people when it comes to alcohol, obviously, you know. So I just wanted to be like, it's okay. You're in you're in good company here. It's a safe space. No judgment. But she was just like, Can you shut up telling everybody that I've got alcohol in my cart? I need a price check <laughs> on a twenty-four pack of Bud Light. Coming over all the speakers. This lady in checkout number seven <laughs> wants her alcohol. Yep. So then a week ago when I stocked up on all of our groceries after we came home from vacation, Mm -hmm. um, all the wine at Albertsons was on sale. So I bought six bottles of wine. I mean, we're coming up on Christmas. I get to the checkout at Albertsons and one of our baggers is one of the attendees of Celebrate Recovery. And I'm like, crap. I feel in that moment, it's always right for me to be like, hi, I'm Megan. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, and I struggle with trust (laughs) and anger, not not alcohol. alcohol. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I went to Albertsons once, and I was buying just a sparkling grape juice thing, but it looks, you know, it's in that wine-looking bottle. And there was a guy that attended CR with me in the next uh, checkout over. Yeah. And saw it, and he's like looking at it and looking at me. <laughs> you pick it up. And I'm like, dude, grape juice. That's all it is. <laughs> Cocktail, non alcoholic. Sparkling just, grape juice. Just that's pure it. sugar. That's all this is. <laughs> well, that's like the 
the time that I had to buy a deck of cards, and I'm right. walking all through the store. And, the and only it's place after, they had them was in the yeah, alcohol. it's on a Thursday night after CR, and so there's all kinds of people from Celebrate <coughs> Recovery in there. And the only place that they have playing cards at Albertsons is in the alcohol section, and so there I stand. And here comes a guy from Celebrate Recovery. And in my, like, I wanted to be like, well, what the crap are you doing in this section, dude? <laughs> I'm just buying playing cards. <laughs> oh, Matt. Uh, all right, real quick. Let's go through five <laughs> steps to stress-free gift giving. Uh, number one, step back for a moment. Uh, anytime that we feel stress, we need to ask why. Uh, stress is a signal that something isn't in the right place or order. And it's a message from God to us that we're missing an important piece of helpful information. Hmm. Uh, Romans 8, 32 says, He did not even spare his own son, but offered him, us, uh, offered him up for us all. How will he not also grant us everything? It's, it's a passage about the unending generosity of God towards us. Uh, God is a gift giver, and we're created in his image. So he gave us his biggest gift, his son, which means that every other gift is no problem to him. The same generosity trait is within us uh, when we're not feeling the pressure of stress and we actually enjoy picking out just the right gift or blessing a special person with kindness. Uh, God wired us that way for a reason. And uh, it's it's how we get to know him better and reflect him to others. So we need to uh, be able to do that without stressing out and freaking out. So that's the uh, first reason to just step back and ask why. Why are we stressing out? Figure it out. Create a spending plan. That'll be another de-stressor right there. Um, you need to gain order pretty much. Because, you know, we said stress is a sign that something's out of order. This will gain order. It's like making a budget pretty much for Christmas. That's what Deidre and I do every year. We always sit down, go, look, we have this much money. And we have this many people to buy gifts for. Let's figure out how much we're going to spend on each of these people. And... Uh, Try to stick to it as close as possible. I do have to say, it, <coughs> do some research before you set that budget. Like, kind of get an idea for what the gifts are going to cost. Because mm. Chris and I have made the mistake of saying, okay, well, we're going to spend, you know, $15 on this person. And then we get online and realize, because that's where we do all of our shopping. Yeah, me too. Know? Yeah. Um, and we realize, well, this is garbage. The only thing that I can get for $15, they're going to throw in the trash. So it's a waste of $15. So then it becomes almost more stressful to try and find a gift that that person will like and that fits into that that price range. Yeah. Or try to defi- try to figure out where exactly we can stretch the budget. Well, we usually have like a little leftover pile of like $300 that we can pull from as needed. That's smart. That's usually how that works for us. That's smart. So it's a little less. So always budget in a leftover pile for the the contingency plan. Yeah. Sometimes there are things that just aren't on Prime for Amazon, but are perfect. So you got to pay the seven bucks of shipping. So now we have that money, you know. Super smart. (laughs) Hey, way to go, Matt. Uh, Next, be personal. Uh, For the people who are getting smaller, less, or no physical gifts at all, give them something better than a temporary possession. Uh, kids won't always appreciate these as much as adults, so you want to prioritize kids over adults. But, uh, you know, give of your relationship. Write a personal note. Spend more time with them than you usually would. Invest yourself in something they are passionate about. Make a phone call and make it last a little longer than usual. Uh, feel free to uh, to share that your budget is tight, if it is. 
but you don't want make sure that you don't want your love and appreciation to not be experienced. You know, make it clear to them. Look, we're not going to be able to afford a gift specifically for you, but I do want to make it a point to say that you're special to us. You know, mm. stuff like that, and uh, that might actually wind up meaning a lot more than some keychain or whatever (laughs) (laughs) bobble or trinket uh share costs and effort uh over the years um well i should probably say this isn't my article todd mick micken mitchin todd mcmitchin mick mitchin it's really weird todd mcmitchin from uh, factsandtrends.net that is where this list is from Uh, He says, over the years, my wife and I have made various choices to reduce financial stress during the Christmas season. Our first plan was to only use our Christmas bonus money as our budget, which is what we do. That's dangerous Christmas bonus Ah, bonus money. Um, We were blessed to receive such a gift from our employers, but it still forced us to create a spending plan that was smaller than others. Uh, Then we reached out to different family members and friends, letting them know that we'd enjoy a season just as much with less gift pressure. So we divided up family members with everyone receiving a gift, but no one had an obligation to buy for everyone. Uh, have y'all done that before? Yeah, we actually used to do that with um, <coughs> Chris's brother and sister and then their families, and we would just That's alternate. That's right, yeah, you told me that, yeah. Yeah, so we would have Nicole and John, Nicole and John would have Nick and April, Nick and April would have us, and so we would all receive a gift, but we're only buying one gift as opposed to... Multiple gifts. And the gift can typically be bigger at that point. Yeah. Because you have more money to spend. Yeah. uh, Or less to spend on other people. Right. Um, I think we did that last year with the Vassars, but I don't think we're doing that this year. Yeah. We, I don't know why we stopped doing it. I think that honestly it just became like a matter of, wait, who did we have last year? Right. So who do we have this year? And (laughs) yeah, I think that when the time comes that we move home, it'll be easier for us to to do that. But But it is a a good route, especially if, if times are tight. For some of the families. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> we tried to do that with uh, my siblings on my dad's side because um, they're also all married. Yeah. But then I found out that my one brother was buying gifts for everyone and just made me and my other brother look like total <laughs> punks. Yeah. So I was finally like, forget <laughs> it. I'm not buying gifts. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> And lastly, think ahead. Uh, If you don't begin in January with a gift-giving plan, you'll always feel pressure and the stress. (laughs) All year long, you're going to desire to be a good gift-giver to those who mean a lot to you. Um, (laughs) There have been times when my mother has bought gifts for the next Christmas in the after-Christmas sales that go on. And that's always very dangerous. It is. So I have to tell you, these lists do not apply to everyone. No, of and course. You may but no, find... this isn't. Hold on. This is not saying buy buy gifts ahead of time. This is saying no, start, start getting start a feel. No, start preparing in January. Is well, what it it, no, says. it's saying start paying more attention to what the people in your life like and enjoy. Okay. Start start making plans of oh, this is something that they like. Maybe by the time next year rolls around and I need to get them a gift, I can focus on this area instead of like most of us tend to do, especially in my family. We get to December and like, what kind of things do you like? (laughs) I have to remind everybody every year, you know, if you buy me anything Green Lantern-ish, I'm going to find a place for it on my wall. So (laughs) 
Just do that. It's probably a safe route. <laughs> but then it's that added pressure of, oh, but he has so much Green Lantern stuff. Does he already have this? Is he going to have a repeat? I don't know. Can you give me like a second option of something that I can buy for you? Not just Green Lantern, but what else maybe would you like? Okay, the most annoying thing, though, that has happened to me is that my mother-in-law. I knew you were going yeah, here. <laughs> my mother-in-law said, make me a list of things that you'd want for Christmas and make it big so you won't know what I get. So I made, I spent two days making this giant list of like 50 different things that are like, if I received any of these things, I'd be happy. I'd be happy. Pick one random thing. And she took that list to get an idea of things that I like and then bought nothing on that list. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, some of these were even a stretch that I would like them, but it was my whole list. I didn't have anything else I could even think of that I wanted. And so you got me things not on the list. Mm-hmm. And So I was having this conversation with, with my girlfriends yesterday. <coughs> and the four of us were talking about when our husbands buy us gifts. Okay, so Chris has been saying, and I've been picking up on, hey, this would be kind of nice. Hey, this would be a good gift. This might be a nice stocking stuffer. And he's been saying this for a couple months. And what have I been doing when he says this? I make a note in my phone, in my notes, right? Right. So I have a whole list of things that, (laughs) things that he's even forgotten that he said. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is the perfect gift. Exactly. So on our way home from Tennessee, he says, hey, I'm going to need you to send me like a text of some Christmas gift ideas. Uh, No. I have told you in conversations passing, hey, this would be a good gift. Hey, I could really use this. Hey, I would really like to have this. If you haven't been taking notes, that's your fault, not mine. Go back through and figure out things that I have said. And so I'm telling my girlfriends this yesterday and they're like, my one friend says, that's why I tell my husband, buy me this and nothing else or die. (laughs) and so there a couple of the other girls are like that's so mean part of the part of the whole gifting experience is getting what that person thinks of you or thinks when you know Mm -hmm. anyway and i was like no no that might be fun for them but it is not fun for me to open up a gift that i have no desire to have and have to look at them and pretend as if i like it (laughs) and then have to figure out the exact amount of time that i can wait before i either re-gift it return it or throw it in the trash (laughs) that is not what christmas is about Uh, on that note we are way over it's Manic Monday. We're playing a little bit more of the louder Christian music this morning to get you going. When we come back, we remember the kindness ninja. Stick around. We're never ending Monday. Monday. Thank you for sticking with us this Monday morning. It's hour three. I know it's been a long day, it's guys. It's been a long Monday. Our segments have been extra long this, this Monday. Uh, we'll try not to carry that out through the rest of the week. It's just, it's been a while since we've had a normal show. 
So we are actual friends who enjoy talking <laughs> to each other. And we purposefully don't talk <laughs> most of the week about anything important. So we'll have stuff to genuinely respond to in the show. Uh, Hemingway, C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, Donald Trump, Snooky, and Back Row Baptist. What do what? they all have in common? They've all written a book. <laughs> but the only one that really matters this Christmas season is please don't side hug me. The best of Macro Baptist church life and Christian culture is brought to the world of literature in the funniest way possible. Pick up your copy from Amazon today for just ten ninety nine. Order this week and it'll still arrive before Christmas. Here's the news. This this might be Let me hear it. One of my favorite news stories so far. Great. Burger King is running an odd sort of deal right now where you can get a Whopper for just one penny when you use the BK app to order the Whopper within 600 feet of a McDonald's. The idea here seems to be a sort of a diverting people from going to McDonald's instead going to Burger King. As such, they're calling it the Whopper Detour. When you're within 600 feet of a McDonald's restaurant, the app will unlock an offer good for a one-cent Whopper. Once you select that offer, the app will navigate you to the nearest Burger King to grab your Whopper. The deal can only be redeemed once once at participating locations through December 12th, so there's still time. However, uh, it has been going on for several days, and it may be backfiring. Because apparently the availability of mobile ordering and participation, uh, restaurants participating in the promotion, varies quite a bit. According to comments left on Burger King's Twitter and Facebook pages. Additionally, a number of people are having problems getting the app to register that they're at McDonald's to unlock the coupon. So the general gist seems to be that while the marketing idea was brilliant, the lack of execution has left the app driving traffic to McDonald's since folks are already there and they can't get the Burger King coupon to work. (laughs) Way to drop the ball, Burger King. I mean, seriously. Oh, man. And it's it's such a rude thing to do, I feel like. It is to so the other rude. Restaurant, and it is it's, so rude. It's almost poetic justice. It is. That yeah. this is happening. What goes around comes around. Oh. Yeah. Like, <coughs> and then people are willing to spend at least a <laughs> hundred times more because uh, uh, the cheapest burger at McDonald's yeah, is at least 99 a buck. cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> Just to get their burger oh, fixed because man. they drove all the way to McDonald's to try and get a penny cent, a penny cent, a penny, a penny burger, cent whopper. a penny burger. <laughs> I mean, it's a good idea. It's genius. But it would need to be perfect. But get it together. That's so funny. My well, gracious. it's not working and I'm already here. Guess I'm getting a Big Mac. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, man. All right. People may need to trim back their Christmas tree expectations this year. A tight supply uh, means that some shoppers will be paying more and searching longer for that perfect Christmas tree. This Christmas season, the Yuletide market imbalance was created a decade ago when a glut of Christmas trees and the Great Recession combined to drive many growers out of business. So we're only feeling that now because it takes eight to ten years for trees to grow. Isn't that weird? So we're experiencing the result. Of something that happened 10 years ago now with a Christmas tree shortage. 
Um, and we will experience it now for probably the next another 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The time needed to grow a Christmas tree. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Matthew Lacasquet, owner of uh, Finest Kind Christmas Tree Farm in Dovercroft, Maine, said it's bad. It's the worst I've seen in a long time. Uh, the farm sells about 10,000 trees each season and it's turning down orders every day from desperate retailers. That's crazy. Yeah. When we were home, I had never seen more Christmas tree farms than what we saw driving from here to Tennessee and Tennessee back. But were and they fully developed or were they? They were. Oh, okay. Surprisingly. And it was, I don't know, it it was strange because I've never seen, typically you have to drive into the mountains of right, Tennessee. Right, 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 yeah. Literally pick your own tree, cut it down, and then drive it home. That was like a family tradition that we did growing up. Yeah. But they were all along the side in like uh, grocery store parking lots and mm. abandoned lots that, you know, used to be auto sales or whatever. Just these little tiny Christmas tree like you would see on Hallmark ch- on a Hallmark movie. Yeah. The but then Christmas here in farms. town, we have a, a uh, gas station company called Allsup's, which there's 50 of them here in Clovis. Mm-hmm. And they used to sell Christmas trees. Did they really? Uh, all every year, there'd be a pile of them out in the front, uh, all December long, and it's several. It's over a week into December. I haven't no. seen any at all. Yeah, they were the biggest oh. Christmas tree sale, Christmas tree sellers here in town for years and years and years. Huh. And I'm not sure if the, I don't think they even had them last year. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing them since we've been here. Oh no, they've definitely had them since you've been here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in our almost 14 years of marriage, though, we've only had one real tree the entire time. And that was our first year here, six years ago, mm-hmm. bought it at Walmart. Thing was dead by December 10th. So I was like, forget it. <laughs> I've got eight trees in my house and all eight of them are artificial. We'll keep it that way. Right. <laughs> I remember one year growing up, we did a, a live tree where we had the basin full of water uh-huh. or whatever. And uh, it was cool. I just remember, even though I didn't do any of the work, I remember it being a lot of work. And my dad cussing at the tree yeah. several times. Um, right then and there as a child, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't need a real tree. Yeah. I have found no no uh, magic in having a real tree. Yep. <laughs> Go buy an artificial one that's pre-lit. It's already taken care of for you. And yep. buy a candle that's pine scented. And But I guess there's just a very large amount of people that, families, that still want a I real tree. I think it's because it's a tradition. Mm-hmm. And I told Chris, seeing all the Christmas tree lots or whatever, as we're driving past, I was like, that would be such a fun tradition when we move home on, you know, the night of Thanksgiving to go out and find our tree yeah. and bring it back to the house with the kids. And the then Griswolds. The, yeah, then the memories flood back of trying to keep that stupid thing alive <laughs> until Christmas. And then your Christmas morning pictures are terrible because you've got this dead thing where the ornaments are falling off. And <laughs> Anyway. Now, I will, I will admit that Daedra has bought a uh, live, well, not live, I guess, but bought a wreath this year that's made out of actual, uh-huh. what's the tree? Pine, pine, evergreen. Evergreen, that's what I was thinking. Actual evergreen branches, and uh, that smell is fantastic. Yeah. Like, I just, I didn't even realize what I was missing. It and is. You walk by that thing, I'm like, oh, that's Christmas. 
Mm-hmm. That's a that's like a definitive Christmas smell. It is. So we always <coughs> had a real tree growing yeah. up. Um, always went and picked it off the side of the mountain in Tennessee. Um, and then we walk into our friend's house while we're home in Tennessee. And I walk in and I was like, I see your Christmas tree. And I said, is that a real tree? <laughs> and she said, no, it's artificial. But I thought it was real. Why did I think it was real? Because she had a pine scented candle. Yeah. So then Chris and I go to Walmart the other day and I'm looking for a pine scented candle because we have nothing but artificial trees. But I want to at least make yeah. people who come in our house think, hey, maybe one of these trees are real. Okay. FYI, you have to buy the Better Homes and Gardens. Let me find the name of it. I'm looking at it right now. It's Vermont something or other. Better Homes and Gardens candle. Don't go with Yankee Candle. Don't go with the Walmart brand. Vermont White Spruce. Mm. Okay. All the other ones smell like clean toilets (laughs) or just it's awful. Or men's cologne. Mm-hmm. Apparently, pine is a scent that they use in <coughs> men's cologne. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that one is the one that smells the most like an actual tree and nothing else. All right, last bit of news. This one's probably a little controversial. I want to get Uh-oh. your thoughts on it. Uh-oh. Dave Ramsey, Christian money guru, says pastors should not ask broke people to tithe until they first work on their debt and budgeting. Ramsey, author of Financial Peace University, says those people need to become better stewards of their money before they can give to the church. Unless, he said, you've done two sermons on debt, one on getting out of debt and one on getting on a budget. He says that tithing will become natural once the person is out of debt, following a budget, and committed to serving God. Quit preaching tithe lessons to broke people, he said. Let's teach them how to get on a budget. The natural byproduct of a Jesus lover when they have money is giving. So I totally see where Dave Ramsey is coming Mm -hmm. on this because we're commanded to give, but we're commanded to give with a joyful heart. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I mean, specifically, he even says, if you're not giving with a joyful heart, then don't give. Exactly. Exactly. And for someone who is broke as it's quoted here saying for someone who's broke and feels the obligation to tithe or feels as if they've been guilted into tithing right. from sermons, Absolutely. Um, their giving is not going to be joyful. Their giving is going to be out of, it's going to be obligatory at that mm-hmm. point, you know, and it's going to put more strain and more pressure on them. Um, but they're going to feel as if they're doing what they're supposed <laughs> to be doing because yeah. that's what everybody says and that's what everybody else is doing. And, you know what I mean? Um, so I see where Dave Ramsey is coming. I think um, it's probably one of those comments that got twisted. It's probably a comment that was quoted and he meant to say one thing. His mindset was going in one direction. But because people are always trying to. What? I don't think so. I, I do. I fully see him saying this because I listened to him for years when I worked at the radio station uh-huh. that we played him. Yeah. This completely sounds like him. Oh, it sounds like him? But yeah. how many times have you said something and you've spoken the exact words that were quoted, but when you read it back, you're like, okay, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not. Maybe. That was not how it was supposed to be taken. So you think he's saying, he's more saying that we need to focus uh at least the same amount on getting people 
right financially as we do giving. Absolutely. I think, and I think that it was a call because it says specifically pastors. Mm -hmm. I think that it was a call to pastors, like an encouragement to pastors. Hey, meet with your church, meet with your members and sit down on a personal level and just kind of talk budget with them. Right. Instead of just worrying about the church budget, worry about the congregation being on a budget themselves. Yeah. 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 That's... I still, I still think he probably meant exactly what what it sounds like. If I had to guess, but, <laughs> but because either, I am that person that's always going to look. It's still, it's still similar. It's still pretty much the same message. Yeah. Uh, one just sounds a little harsher than maybe you think it should. See, and I um, think, I think that's the problem with our society is we just we go way too far on the harsh side and we think the worst in people instead of thinking the best in people but dave ramsey can be really harsh he can be harsh but when it comes to money there are some times sake you need to be harsh that's true absolutely but there are some times that the show gets so uncomfortable because he's being harsh and someone else is being dumb yeah and i'm like oh i can't i can't even listen to it anymore i have to change for a little bit come back to the next caller yeah um so yeah but i do uh, i I nail me to a cross if you want. I don't care, but I do feel like he's right in oh, yeah. in I agree the sentiment. I agree. All right. So moving on. Um we're going to get a little bit somber. Uh we know we try to keep it light, but uh last week one of the kindest women I have ever encountered online uh passed away. Uh, we don't really know the exact cause of death. She did have a few health issues, um, but it, it did come out of the blue. As a formerly anonymous church character on Twitter, I was back row Baptist. Most people didn't know I was. She was gravitated towards me uh, and the rest of the church anon community to laugh along with us and encourage us, uh, each and every one of us. Uh, she was a huge Florida Gator fan. Uh, she looked forward every year to volunteering for her local Operation Christmas Child Collection Center, going through all the shoe boxes, getting them prepared and packed to ship to kids all over the globe. Uh, she tweeted that she was excited to be there this last Monday, uh, that she was going to be there. Uh, that The last tweet that we received from her came Sunday night. Uh, so I don't know if she got to spend one of her last days doing one of her favorite things or not. I sure hope she did. Um, but she touched so many people's lives, people that would never, never meet her in person. And, uh, we've collected some thoughts about Donna, uh, from just a fraction of those people, which we want to share with you today. So these are, these are things that other people, some of them are anonymous, some of them are not, uh, that have written about their encounters with Donna. Megan and I are going to go back and forth and, uh, share them with you. And then I'll end with some of my, some more of my thoughts. I don't know who Megan is, but I'm Mo. (laughs) Um, And at Nursery Angry says, Donna and I chatted nearly every day, and she was such a blessing to know via Twitter. I was looking forward to the day when I would get to meet her in person in Florida. Like others, like many others, I received crosses that she had made, and almost every time we were messaging one another, she said that she was watching the game and working on crosses. What a sweet lady who will certainly leave a huge void in Twitter. We will all miss her encouragement, (laughs) kindness, and love for the Lord. As Den Mother of All Anons, she was a great person to preview tweets with to get approval. She 
She would tell me if something was insensitive and possibly saved me from making a fool out of myself on several occasions. She was definitely the hands and feet of Christ, and I'm really going to miss her. Uh, at a sweet tweet, Rose said, Donna was a wonderful friend and support for me. Uh, I could always talk to her about my relationship with Mr. Original, uh, another anonymous person. Uh, she never lectured me or made me feel like I was being sinful. She supported my friendship with him and always reminded me that he truly liked me. That was important to me because my brain would always tell me that he didn't like me. Uh, I will truly miss her. Just recently, I texted her to tell her about how good things are between Mr. Original and myself. I'm so glad I got to text her and give her an update. It's not going to be the same without her in my life. Uh, it's Stephen Gilbreth. I never met Miss Donna Guy in person, but every time I needed prayer and encouragement, she was always there. She was such a blessing to me, but one day I will meet her in heaven and I will get to thank her in person. I thought a lot of her and was shocked and saddened to hear she passed. Rest in peace, Miss Donna. At Not the Bible said, when I started out my Not the Bible Twitter account exactly two years ago today, it took a while until I found my tribe, and very quickly, Twitter recommended that I should follow Donna. She used to be, or she used to do her uh, hashtag FF, which is Follow Friday posts, and I teased her about how she had forgotten to add me. Uh, bless her, she then did a special follow post for just me, and the rest is history. She retweeted my funny memes and encouraged me so much that I sent her a copy of one of my books to say thank you. She sent me a DM saying how much she laughed. She also bought my other books and read my blog and prayed for my wife. Uh, Amazon wouldn't let her write a review of my first book as I had sent her a copy, uh, so she wasn't deemed independent. Uh, so she apologized for it. Uh, I still stand by what I said then. Your friendship and encouragement is worth far more to me than a review. At Brian McNail 1, Donna was a special breed of person. She always knew if you were down and needed a word of encouragement. Going to miss her on this side of heaven and can't wait to talk football with her on the other side. Uh, our friend Chrissy Field said Donna was a prayer warrior for my husband Marty while he was sick and continued praying and checking in on our whole family for all these years that have followed. At Furious Christian says, I began the At Furious Christian account roughly a year ago. I didn't take it didn't take long to realize that Christian Twitter can be a dark and depressing place with unending arguments about politics, doctrine, and pineapple pizza. <coughs> but it can also be a place of great encouragement. Donna will forever be known for this. On any given day, there was one of her happy day posts waiting in my notifications. The encouragement flowed freely between brothers and sisters from there, and it was absolutely infectious. I received six of Donna's cross bookmarks this past june one for each of my family it's rather unextraordinary in its own right neither fancy nor flashy but it's the perfect reminder of her simple beautiful kindness i treasure it donna lived john thirteen thirty five out loud by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another and may we all do the same we are sad in our loss but glad in her gain she rests in the arms of her savior at Earl Evangelical said, Donna was amazing. Uh, when my son was sick, she direct messaged me several times, checking on him and letting me know that she was praying for him. It was a difficult road made easier by someone I'd never even met. Uh, even after he was better, she'd still occasionally check in to see how we were all doing. I'm a better man for having known her, even if it was only through Twitter. 
at Casey Ingram JD says, without any prompting or reason, Donna regularly checked in with me for prayer requests and followed up on those requests. We never met, but she made sure that I knew someone was always praying for my family and me. The devotion she showed to her Twitter family exceeded what is often seen among real families and exemplified how she walked the walk. We will miss her. Michael Robinson said, I think of the countless prayers she offered for me and my family. This past summer, my oldest had scoliosis surgery, and Donna was constantly praying for her and checking on us. Donna would reach out to me when she could tell something was wrong. She would encourage me and pray for me yet again. She knew my wife and the names of my kids, and I know she prayed for each one of us by name. I'm so thankful to have known Donna through social media and will miss her greatly. She's an example to us all. At Chuck underscore Finney says, Donna would send little messages to remind us that she was thinking of or praying for us. God used that more than once to brighten my spirits. Nancy Callahan has a prayer for us. She said, Lord, I ask your blessings upon all who are mourning the passing of the kindness ninja, even as we celebrate her going home. She allowed you to shine through all she did and will be greatly missed. Thank you, God, that we will all get to see her on the other side. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And Crass Christian says, A lot of people don't know this, but I had another Anon count before Crass Christian called Greeters for Jesus. Guitars. Guitars for Jesus. Sorry, I added and took away a couple letters. Um, Guitars for Jesus, a worship pastor character I invented for the sole purpose of mocking worship pastors. It was great fun, but it died out quick. However, while I was making jokes about fog machines and adapting queens, another one bites the dust, into a worship song for funerals, I received a DM from this lady calling herself the Kindness Ninja. Now I am pretty, I'm a pretty pos, now I'm a pretty (laughs) private person. So when she offered me these cross bookmarks she made for people on Twitter, I tried to refuse as politely as I could. She understood, of course, as... We are told never to give out our addresses to complete strangers from the time that we're in Pampers. But over the course of the next year, Donna and I became friends. In fact, I attribute many of my Twitter follows follows from her hashtag follow Fridays. She prayed for me when I was having some muscular issues that were keeping me from going to the gym. She encouraged me to go to the gym even and even watched my lame YouTube videos I made documenting my progress. I don't think she ever missed one. Last night, I heard the news of her passing, and I cried. I cried when a person I'd had very little real-life interaction with passed away because I was going to truly miss her and all of her tweets. Donna was a light to us in a social media platform that often gets described as toxic and chaotic. Donna chose to rise above it all and be kind and polite to everyone. I know she's with Jesus now, and my only thought is I really hope he doesn't tell her I found out the news while I was in the bathroom, or I'm going to hear about that for eternity now. (laughs) Goodbye, Kindness Ninja. I'm sorry I never got one of your bookmarks, but thank you for loving me in spite of myself and for always showing Christ to everyone. See you soon enough. So I've known Donna for nearly six years. Uh, She followed very soon after I started the Back Row Baptist account. Uh, And when I revealed my identity about a year later, along with my full testimony, uh, she latched on to me even stronger with love and encouragement. Uh, There was a load of church anons at that time, like a bunch of them, and most of those are gone now. But as each new online generation of church anons has cropped up, she has made it a point to be a friend uh, to them, to pray for them, to encourage them. 
Now, she even sent gifts. Uh, some mentioned her bookmarks. Uh, I have one of those in my, in my desk at home. She also sent a diaper cake and a VeggieTales DVD to us when our first son was born. Uh, this above and beyond kindness and love earned her her two titles, then Mother of All Anons and the Kindness Ninja, who sneaks in to love you when you least expect it. She was so connected to me that in the Anon world, many believe that she was my actual mother. And so we played along with that idea for a couple years. Even up till now, she still refers to me as son and I to her as mom, though we usually use quotation marks. I feel honored to hold that title. Without Donna, who has supported the Back Rose ministry efforts since day one, both prayerfully and financially, we almost certainly wouldn't be able to do what we're doing today. Uh, Donna has no children. She is survived by her mother and her sister, but largely she made her home and left her legacy online, an ever-present beacon of light in a dark, desperate place. If God is love, it was clear that Donna had a direct line to that love and poured it out onto others, not like a faucet, not like a fire hose, but like a hurricane. She died on December 4th. On December 5th, we mourned for her on Twitter. And it was quite the coincidence that not only was December 5th the National Day of Mourning, but also International Ninja Day. So much of a coincidence that it couldn't be one. I fully believe God was comforting us that she is with him, and we will see her again. I love you, Den Mother. Uh, I was originally going to say that uh, this world is a little, little darker for having lost you, but the brightness that you brought this world is your legacy. And the Anon Church will do our best to make sure that it never dies. Uh, with that, we're going to leave this hour of the show. It's Manic Monday. Uh, we were playing a little bit more of the hard rock for you this morning. Stick around. Uh, we'll be back soon to close out the show. And uh, we're going to end on a, a happy note as well. We'll announce the winner of our Christmas giveaway. So stick around for that. Monday morning as we are closing out the show we've got our Bible verse and thought for the day Bible verse for the day is Psalm 1 1 through 2 blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night and our thought for the day comes from David Jeremiah he says evil purposes cannot overpower God's goodness and evil forces cannot escape his judgment. Let's be strong and await his return. So before we sign off, we want to announce the winner of our Christmas giveaway. We have got two awesome things from one of our featured indie metal bands, Three Days Under, an extra large shirt, and their full album. And we're also throwing in a copy of our original party game, Judge Not, the Christian game of Specs and Planks. The prize is worth over 50 bucks. Our winner, randomly chosen out of several dozen entries, is Rob Powell. Congrats, brother. Uh, we will be in touch with you soon to get this shipped to you before Christmas. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. We're going to have more giveaways in 2019. And uh, you could be next. Whoop, whoop.
<coughs> thank Congratulations, you for, Rob. Yeah. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we're here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together into a podcast for you over on BackRowRadio.com. Thanks to today's sponsor, Please Don't Side Hug Me, the best of Back Row Baptist. Tune in tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for the Back Nine, our top nine song countdown, and find out what's sitting at number one this week on Back Row Radio. There's also an encore at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss it. Mo, what is the final word? Is it Tuesday yet? <laughs> That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.